the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Mike Boyle, and this is The Restaurant Show on Newstalk 710 KNUS on a gorgeous, a little bit chilly, but gorgeous Colorado day. Holy cow, look at that blue sky. Yes, indeedy. January 27th. Um, you know what? We are almost done with one of my two least favorite months of the year. January, February, days are short, nights are long, cold, 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 maybe a snowstorm here, maybe a drop in temperature there. Yeah, I took a week off. I went to Mexico with a group of listeners. <coughs> Pardon me, we went to Cabo San Lucas, had ourselves a wonderful one. Hold on. Had ourselves a wonderful, wonderful time. Left on January 10th, Wednesday, 35 degrees. Got back on Wednesday, January 17th, 35 degrees. But every single day in the meantime was rough. But uh, So we got lucky. But you know what? We're getting through January. Yeah, today's the 27th. Tomorrow the 28th. Got some big football games. You know, I was listening to Sebastian Gorka. And I'm not one of these people that has, whether it's, Fox News, CNN, whether it's KNUS, I'm not a news junkie as far as electronic medium. I am a news junkie in terms of reading. I have a number of news services. Uh, I check them out. I'll read the headline. I'll decide if I want to go a little bit deeper. But, you know, it's interesting because Seth Gorka happened to be saying, he said, He's never exact. He's got an idea of who he's going to interview. He's got an idea of where the show is going to go, but he really doesn't know until about 90 seconds before the on-air light goes on what he's going to talk about, how he's going to open the show. And I was thinking about that as I drove up because I had an event today on our sister station in Colorado Springs. You know, I've got a show down there Saturday morning. 10 to 1, and then I come up here and I do the Saturday afternoon show 3 to 5. And I was thinking about that, and I was wondering, when I think about Peter Boyles and Jimmy Sangenberger and Randy Corcoran, I'm sure they have an idea of where the show's going, but maybe they're not exactly sure how they're going to open it. I did a show this morning. We did one of our Boyle meal deals, Boyle lunch bunches. My name is Mike Boyle. I invite you to lunch, and we have a bunch of people. We get you a great meal, and we get you a great deal. And we did it at an iconic restaurant in Colorado Springs. Been open since 1973, just celebrated their 50th anniversary. First time I've worked with them. I've been on the air for 28 years down there. And you know what? One of the listeners described it as the Casa Bonita 
of Colorado Springs. I'll tell you a little bit about it when we come back. Now that we're going to get started, 303-696-1971. You want to give me a call? I'm Mike Boyle, and this is The Restaurant Show. All right, 14 minutes after 3 o'clock. Happy to have you aboard. If you want to give me a call, 303-696-1971. John Corbelis doing a wonderful job producing the show. He will take your call, send me a message, and we will get you right on whatever you want to talk about. Restaurants, travel, movies, books, sports, whatever we feel like talking about. Had a nice uh, book club get-together this week at the View House Restaurant. You know, it was interesting. Because the book that we reviewed is by Bill O'Reilly and Martin Dugard. Now, if you're familiar with the Killing series, you know what we're talking about. There's the Killing Jesus, Killing Kennedy, Killing Lincoln. And Bill O'Reilly, who used to be a high school history teacher, and Martin Dugard, a writer, um, they do extensive study, and they read like a Ludlam novel, but they're true stories. The inside story on the killing of Lincoln and the killing of Kennedy and the killing of Jesus and killing the mob. Well, the most recent one out is called Killing the Witches, and it's about the 17th century, 1690, 91, 92, 93, prosecution, persecution of women in Salem, Massachusetts, and how they were determined to be witches. I have been to Salem, Massachusetts. When I was driving my daughter around the country, one of the stops we made was in Salem. We stayed in the historic Hawthorne Hotel, went to the House of the Seven Gables, went to some of the museums that tell you about what can only be described as man's inhumanity to man. And um, Bill O'Reilly in the book makes the comparison to the modern-day witch hunts that we are going through now. Somebody does something untoward 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Somebody brings it up, the media picks it up, it is an immediate assumption of guilt rather than an assumption of innocence that is then proven to be either guilty or not guilty. And it's a book that will really enlighten you about what transpired with the witch trials, but it will also, uh, if your eyes aren't already open, it will scare the hell out of you because all you have to do is hurl all you have to do is hurl an accusation against somebody in this day and age and let's say that eventually that person is found innocent that person is found not guilty and there is a difference that person is completely exonerated well the accusation Maybe banner headlines in the news. The follow-up story, a day, a week, a month, two months, a year later, of the exoneration, always gets about two lines on page 12. You see, you understand what I'm saying, and I'm being metaphorical here. I'm creating an example. But at any rate, 
So when Lisa Fellows, she is the coordinator for the Restaurant Show Book Club. We knew we were going to meet last Wednesday at the View House Restaurant. We have a private party room. Um, We've got wonderful people that come to it. Uh, We had some newbies this time. We had uh, Betsy and Sarah. We had Chuck and Mary. The fact that we had Chuck, we don't have a lot of guys. We have about three guys out of the 18 people that generally typically come. But guys, you're welcome to come. And next one is March 27th. But... Lisa and I thought, we're not going to be able to reach Bill O'Reilly. We're not going to be able to reach Martin Dugard, although Martin Dugard did respond and said that he is not the spokesman for the Killing series. Obviously, the headliner is Bill O'Reilly. So we thought, if this town, as you enter it, it says, Welcome to Salem, City of Witches. Well, we thought, why don't we reach out to somebody in the city structure to talk about the impact of tourism on Salem? I called the mayor's office. Mayor's busy. Um, I got a hold of the PIO, public information officer. Nah, can't do it. Lisa got a hold of some people at the tourism board. No, no, no. Our public information. If you're a public information officer for crying out loud, you're supposed to provide information about what you are the information officer of. Doesn't that sound fairly simple? So, nope, we don't have time. So I loved it. All of these people. You can tell that there's a reluctance, there's a hesitancy. Well, we don't want Salem, even though it's on the sign. We don't want Salem to be known as where they, they didn't burn them at the stake, they hanged them. Where they hanged witches, just on the simple allegation, nothing proved whatsoever. 200 people. So every one of these people is feeding at the government trough. They're getting their checks, the 15th and the 30th. They're building up their 20 years retirement fund. They are doing it on the backs of the tourism provided by witchcraft in the city of Salem. But nobody wants to talk about it. And you wonder why people are absolutely so disgusted disgusted with politics and politicians and bureaucrats in any form whatsoever. But Lisa was able to come up with a couple wonderful interviews between O'Reilly and Dennis Prager. It was a great, great meeting. But uh, for those of you that were there, great. Got another one coming up on March 27th. I'm going to get back and talk to the talk about the Casa Bonita of Colorado Springs when we come back on the restaurant show. All I want to do is put a drink in my hand. 324, I'm Mike Boyle. This is The Restaurant Show, 303-696-1971. Okay, does anybody out there not know that Casa Bonita has reopened on West Colfax? Does anybody out there not know that the the exclusivity of Casa Bonita to get in is somewhat similar to trying to get a tea time at Augusta. And, you know, personally, I'm just going to tell you something. I haven't been. 
I'd like to go. I'd like to see it. And I don't want this to sound like I'm a red ass. I just don't have any interest until they want to start opening the doors for John Q. Public, of which I consider myself to be one, to be able to walk in and experience it. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in getting the app. I'm not interested in going online to their email and registering. I'm not interested in waiting for them to decide when I can grace their doors with my presence by assigning me a time, okay? So I'm not opposed to it. I think the Casa Bonita is lovely to have around. I'm glad that the two guys from South Park, Heritage High School buddies in Littleton, Saved it. I'm glad they're doing very well, but that's my position, and I'm sticking to it. 303-696-1971. But today, I was invited to do my show in Colorado Springs, and I'm going to give you a little bit of an option. And I know that if you live in Lakewood, Westminster, Arvada, Wheat Ridge, Casa Bonita is going to be a little bit more convenient than Colorado Springs. But I've got listeners all up and down the front range. And if you're listening to me in Springs, Monument, Larkspur, Castle Rock, Castle Pines, Lone Tree, probably the Tech Center, you can probably get to Colorado Springs just as easy as you can get to West Colfax and Lakewood. There's a restaurant in Colorado Springs called Fargo's, Fargo's Pizza. And I know what you're saying. You'd have to pass 30 pizza places between Tech Center and Colorado Springs and Fargo's. I understand that. I get it. But it's really a neat place. They opened in 1973, just celebrated their 50th anniversary. And this is from a publication. While Fargo and his beloved Sophia gaze into each other's eyes, hungry diners stare raptly at the magic mirrors in Fargo's Pizza Company. The fictional couple said to have founded the Colorado Springs Pizza Institution never have tasted their famous pizza. Preserved forever in mannequin form on the second floor of the restaurant, the handsome duo wait in perpetual stillness as thousands every week wait for their order number to light up in the six magic mirrors scattered throughout the western-themed eatery. Once their cheesy cuisine is ready, patrons head to the counter where women in Victorian outfits with high lacy collars. Anybody that's seen a Western knows exactly what we're talking about. Corsets and long cranberry-colored skirts slide over the hot pies with their oatmeal crust, tomato sauce, and thick layer of buffalo mozzarella. All right, so it talks about the 50th anniversary, and it goes back and it talks a little bit about the idea of a couple of brothers that started it back in the 70s. Well, it had its charm, one of the owners said, the day it opened. There's a historical connection, and the overall theme fits Colorado Springs very well. For the most part, the concept hasn't changed. 
We've made some updates, but the theme hasn't changed, and that's comfortable for the long-time client base. Okay? Since they're from California and hired a California architect to design the building, they had trouble marrying the idea of a pizza joint with a saloon theme the brothers wanted. And it's not like the Long Branch Saloon. Yes, they do have a liquor license. So the brothers dreamed up a fictional backstory. One of the owners said it was a challenge because Leon wanted to mix the Old West, which was his passion, with the pizza and Italian theme. So they concocted this fictional, uh, fictitious bit of lore between Sophia and Fargo. She was a high society damsel from Italy. And he was a Wild West kind of guy. They struck up a romance and hence got Fargo's Pizza. And so anyway, I've been on the air down there since October of 1995. And I've been to Fargo's many times. I've been familiar with it. 2910 East Platte used to be the center of town. Obviously, the town's expanded dramatically. But the manager, Al Martinez... Uh, his dad used to be a food supplier to Fargo starting in 1973. He grew up going, eating pizzas. He's now the general manager. But he said, you know, there's people moving into town. Um, yes, they had the COVID shutdown because it's such a huge building. You know, yeah, they did some takeout. But, you know, if you've got a building that seats 500, it, that's an alligator that's got to get fed. So anyway, he was contacting me through a mutual friend, and I explained the boil meal deals, the boil lunch bunches, and he said, let's do it. And we did it today. And I'm telling you, it was absolute bedlam. Not only did the show bring hundreds of people, but the place is so big that as the show was ending at 1 o'clock, he had a birthday party of 120 people walk in. Now, that's a pretty significant birthday party, but it's also a pretty significant food order. <laughs> anyway, it's just a fun piece. It's like stepping back into the Old West, and I just thought it was fun. And I thought, you know what, maybe, and there were kids Everywhere, they've got a game room that has got to have, it's got to have 30 games if it's got one. And so, I mean, the play, I, it, it's like a Chuck E. Cheese on steroids, but it's like a Chuck E. Cheese that has an Old West theme. And why am I dwelling on the restaurant show in Denver, on a restaurant in Colorado Springs? Because you know what? The days of Colorado Springs being over there and Denver being over here, you know, I'm sitting here in my home studio looking down on I-25, and there's a whole bunch of cars going north, and there's a whole bunch of cars going south. And I just thought, you know what? Um, I don't have any reservations about promoting in Colorado Springs when we're doing something in Denver. I don't have any reservations about promoting our book club at the View House in Centennial when we actually get people from Colorado Springs that come up for the meeting. So I just, I just thought I would share it with you. And 
one of the guests, listen, I'm a pretty smart guy, but I didn't make up Casa Bonita of Colorado Springs. He said, you know what? This place is like the Casa Bonita of Colorado Springs. No cliff divers, but then again, Casa Bonita doesn't have Sophia and Fargo. It's, it, it really is a fun place, and I want to thank Al Martinez for, for doing it because it's just fun when we get a chance to experience some new places. I went to a new place this week, location number six, and it was good. Other locations in Centennial, Parker, Littleton, Highlands Ranch, Castle Rock, and coming soon near DIA. I'll tell you a little bit about that because I had a meal that was exceptional. It was just an exceptional meal. And, you know, listen, we can't always have a meal, every single meal, every single day that just lights us up, that just takes us to la-la land. Most of the time, we're just trying to eat. We're just trying to get through the day. This meal was really, really good. And you want to know something? I first worked with them 20 years ago in downtown Denver. All right, so let's do this. Let's go and take a break because we are the restaurants, travel, movies, books, sports, whatever we feel like talking about show. Let's take a break. And when we come back, remember I told you an article that I shared briefly about the ideal length of a vacation? We do eight days, seven nights, Wednesday to Wednesday, Thursday to Thursday, maybe Tuesday to Tuesday. So what we're going to do is we're going to get Warren Irfson. He's the official travel agent of the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. And we're going to talk a little bit about your vacations and why you might want to plug it in to this formula. We'll be back with Warren on the Restaurant Show. back to the restaurant show let's talk a little bit about travel and before we go on a ride let's fire up the car because we got something to talk about with my next guest go ahead and start the engine thank you now it's time for a new feature on the mike boyle restaurant show where we talk about restaurants movies books sports and travel on the road again just can't wait to get on the road again that's right We all like to travel, and road trips, local, regional, on less than a tank of gas, are the best. Brought to you by Castle Rock Autoplex, where whether new or used, you can have your choice of Chevys, Fords, Jeeps, and more. So let's hit the road with Mike. All right, I found an article called The Ideal Vacation Link for Pete Relaxation. According to experts, is there a magic number of days for a vacation? Now, obviously, the intro talks a little bit about driving trips, but we're going to talk about trips a little bit longer than that. The article says somewhere between a 48-hour Las Vegas bender and a nine-month world cruise lies the optimal number of vacation days. Now, I know people that have done the 48-hour Las Vegas bender. I have done it myself. I have not been on a nine-month world cruise, but I know a friend that's on a 121-day cruise right now, and I will be interested to hear his thoughts when they get back. 
Unlike the time we devote to exercise and screens, we do not have much guidance on how much vacation time we need to fully decompress and detach from our daily labors. Well, there's been extensive studies on this, and I think that this will be justification for why we do eight-day, seven-night trips when we go to Mexico. We've gone for the last four years to Mexico. We're going again on April 3rd to Cancun and in November when we go to Costa Rica. Who better to talk about this than my guest, Warren Erpson, the official travel agent of the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. Warren, welcome to the show. Professor... Always a pleasure, Mike. Thank yep. you, Professor. What is this? Jessica de Bloom in the Netherlands did a study and said we see a peak on the eighth day, but this not imply that this would be the optimal vacation length. Um, Warren, you and I have discussed this. We can get on a plane at DIA and in three and a half hours be in Cabo, Cancun. Puerto Vallarta. In November, we can get on a plane at 10 o'clock in the morning, and at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we will be in Costa Rica after a five-hour nonstop flight. I think it's important for listeners, and I have listeners ask me, and maybe you've had listeners contact you, you know, seven days seems like a long time, eight days, seven nights. Why don't you make it five? Because I'm telling you I've got information right in front of me, and studies will verify that you just don't get time to decompress. You just don't get time to relax on a four-day, five-day, but you do on a eight-day, seven-night vacation, and that's how we've come up with these, Warren. What do you think? Uh, it's worked very, very well. Uh, as you know, you know, we've sent well over 400 people to Mexico on one-week trips in the last couple of years, and everyone has come back feeling feeling really good about it. Uh, but yeah, yes, there. You know, obviously there are different uh, uh, types of trips. Everything from a you know a three-week tour of all of Europe, uh, and yes, you do need that to see what you want to see. But if you're just looking at pure vacation and just get away and relax. Um, yes, it does take a, about a full day to, you know, by the time you check in and get uh, on the flight, whether it's a three and a half or a five or six hour flight, you get down to your destination. Uh, you want to relax that afternoon and evening. And the next day you really start, uh, you know, enjoying being away, uh, whether you enjoy activities or just enjoy sitting by the pool or by the beach, uh, you know that's when you start to decompress uh and then of course the last day you're you know you're again traveling so in reality it gives you five full days of really relaxing and that seems to be about an optimum amount of time well and i even think it's six because if you go wednesday wednesday you travel on wednesday wednesday that gives you thursday friday saturday sunday monday tuesday to just really decompress. And I understand what you're saying, Warren. Yeah, if you want to go to Europe, multi-countries, you're going to need a little bit more time. If you want to walk the Camino de Santiago in Spain, you're going to need a little bit more than a week. When my daughter and I went to Africa, when we wanted to do photographic safaris, when we wanted to do hunting, when we wanted to climb Kilimanjaro, we were gone for five weeks. 
when I took my daughter around the world for her high school graduation. We were gone for five weeks. We did New Zealand, Australia, Thailand, India, Israel. I could go on and on. And yes, you need it for that. But I will tell you this. I remember when we got back from Africa, I arrived back on Friday and I had a remote scheduled for Saturday. And I showed up at the restaurant and I'll never forget the restaurateur took one look at me as I walked in the door and said, man, you look beat. So, you know, if you're going to take a long trip like that, um, obviously that will take its toll. Uh, This survey goes on to say, we think in terms of units. A week is one of those units. When you pick an eight-day vacation, you've replaced one unit of work with one unit of relaxation plus a day to get there. Another study from the University of Massachusetts says taking three or four days off could feel too rushed and stressful, especially if you're trying to pack a lot into a limited amount of time. Then, just when you get into the rhythm of the trip, you have to head home. The study from the University of Massachusetts says seven days seems just right. And There's also a five-day rule that some travel agents and some of these studies suggest that five days, maybe you go to Disneyland and you take a day to get there, a day to get back, you have three full days. It was fast and furious, said one person in the study, but it was still a great time, but we never felt relaxed. And personally... I think it's great to go different places, Warren, and see things. Europe, cannons, castles, and cathedrals. You go to Mexico. You go to the Mayan ruins. You go to Peru. You hike Machu Picchu. I understand all of that stuff. But I think that the secret to the vacations that we've been taking and why we take so many people and have such a wonderful, wonderful response, we've never, listeners, I will tell you, we have never had one complaint about any of the trips since Warren and I started working together. It just fits together very cleanly. It fits together very nice. And I think that the word relaxation really comes into play because to me, one of the reasons, nobody gets enough time off. Nobody has too much money to spend on vacations. So when you do, and and it can be a factor of age, I understand that, um, I understand that, you know, my groups are 50, 60, 70 year olds. They're very healthy. They're very ambulatory. They get around. They have a sense of adventure. They want to see different stuff. But I also understand that um, they want to relax a little bit. And so I think that that's why it works out so well for us, Warren. April 3rd, we've got Cancun coming up. We're going to an adult-only property. I was talking to one of the listeners that went back in September to this same property. They're going with us in April. She said as far as she's concerned, she spent a lot of time on the Yucatan. It's the best beach on the Yucatan. You land at Cancun. The hotel is about 30 minutes away. It's not one of those hour-and-a-half, two-hour rides down to Playa Car, Riviera Maya, or Tulum. And it's the same way in Costa Rica. When we land on November 7th, we will be at the resort within minutes. So I I asked Warren to talk about this because, you know what, folks, when you call Warren – 
he'll do whatever you want to do. I mean, he's the travel agent, but this is what we have found works well for us. I also saw something, Warren, I wanted to share with you. Throughout your trip, practice mindfulness. Focus on your surroundings, experiences, travel companions. Don't let your mind run amok with thoughts of future meetings, home repairs, doctor's appointments. You know, I always get a kick out of it when I come down to breakfast and somebody said, did you see what the weather was in Colorado? Nope, I only care about the weather where I am. Did you see what happened on Fox News? I don't go to Mexico, Costa Rica, or anywhere else to watch Fox News. So, Warren, thanks for the wonderful, wonderful job you've done for us. And, uh... We've got one in April. We've got one in November. Warren, what do you say? Let's just keep booking. Eight days, uh, I think seven we, nights. I think, I think we've got the right formula. As I say, we've sent over 400 people in the last year or so, and uh, everyone came back feeling good about it. And uh, no yes, I, I've experienced uh, longer trips. I've experienced uh, shorter trips. Uh, but, yes, that uh, – uh, seven, eight, eight day uh, seems to be just about right. And and I also talk to people, you know, say so they get on the trip. The first thing they do is they turn their cell phone off. They don't watch any news. They just want to get away and relax. And doing it for that week, uh, they feel like they haven't, you know, isolated themselves that much. Um, at the end of the week, yeah, they can get back into whatever they were doing. But for a week, they can just enjoy all right his name is warren erbson one final note from the report it says find something unique and fresh and make it a little adventure add some things that you loved or appreciated most about being on vacation to your daily life what a great idea maybe it's a walk on the beach well we don't have a beach but you could take a walk maybe it's reading a book you could do that maybe even stop by one of our book club meetings warren erbson thanks an awful lot i'm going to go ahead and let you go and uh, we'll keep working on cancun and costa rica thank you so much uh, you're welcome Mike. all right we're going to go and dig a break on the restaurant show all right, 354, Scott McKenzie, San Francisco, one of the top ten all-time songs. Came out in 1968. Of course, the Summer of Love was 1967. And folks, go to YouTube and watch the video of San Francisco by Scott McKenzie. If you want to see what your grandmother looked like, in 1968, when she was wearing those hip-hugging bell-bottoms, and she was wearing that flowered low-cut blouse, and she had her hair nice and long and straight, and those pouty lips. Check that out. All right, 303-696-197. Oh, my God, we've got... Welcome back to the Mike Boyle and Eric the Great American Show. Eric, what's going on? Welcome to the show. You know, Mike, it, I'm just going to get right to it, okay? John, Nelson, George, and Jack, do you stay in touch with your buddies? John, Nelson, George, and who? Nelson uh, DeVille, your boy, your buddies, your four buddies that you had on your show, your guests. I think it was right before Christmas. 
Oh, you're talking about when we did our holiday show. Do I yes. get in contact with Mike McGrath, naval aviator shot down over North Vietnam? Yes, he lives in Monument. I've known Mike for years. I've been uh-huh. to his home. He's certainly been to mine. I stay in good touch with Mike McGrath and his wife Marlene. Uh, the other ge- another guest was George Colclaw. George and George Jack. Colclaw and I went through basic combat training and infantry school together. <laughs> and um, Nelson Mill, of course, is a well-known author. And while I've never met him in person. I've had him okay. here a number of times, and he has assured me that if he ever gets close to Denver or I ever get close to Long Island, we will make time for drinks together. And Jack Billups, Jack Billups yes. was an 11 Bravo, a light weapons infantryman in Vietnam, and uh, has two books out called My Vietnam a Gift <laughs> to My Daughter and Christian's Walk, and uh, I voice both of those for audiobooks. So the answer to your question in a word is yes, I keep in touch with all of them. That's the ticket, you great American. Now, I'm going to throw this out at you. The Bird Talk Show guys. Is that Scott and Dean? The, were they brothers? You know what? I don't know, Eric. Uh, okay. To be perfectly honest with you, because of my schedule 10 to 1, Colorado Springs, uh-huh. trying to wrap up my remotes and so forth, I just didn't listen to the Bird Talk shows, uh, Bird Talk show. I know that they had a long, what was it, 10-year run or so, and, <laughs> uh, and I know that they're no longer with us. I, 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 mean, right. the show's I mean, they're, yeah. they're with us. They're, they're alive. still here, yes. Yeah. yeah, but uh, so no, I just I, I just, just thought, are you a birder? Well, I just thought they were fascinating because Peter Boyles, I love Peter, you know, sometimes. But he said that was the best show on radio, but nobody could beat yours. <laughs> I mean, you got the best show. Eric, this and, is why I always take your call. I'm always looking for a little stroke and and <laughs> I just agree. I will say this about birds. I like birds. You know what? I was standing on the beach about 10 days ago in Mexico with bread, feeding the seagulls, and just having myself. I love to watch them. I love to just feed the birds. But I will tell you this. When my daughter and I were in Africa, we happened to be on a photographic trip in one of the open Jeeps that only held about four people, and the of course, you got your guide, you got your spotter, <laughs> me and my daughter, and there's another couple, and they were bird watchers. And they had their books, and it made me freaking nuts. Because instead of going to where we can watch the lions, and where we can watch the impala running from the leopard, and where we can go and watch a herd of Cape buffalo going right through the scrub, going anywhere they wanted. They wanted to stop and look at birds. And uh, so um, I, I, I find birds fascinating, but I didn't find them. Um, Scott and Dave hosted. Yes. yes. Scott and Dave Absolutely. Minnow. So, and I yes, don't know. Yes, the Minnow brothers. Yeah, well, they look like twins. All right. Well, Eric, but that's going to have to be the I final. Mean, okay. Quickly. Take care. I'll call you tomorrow. I love talking to you. All right, his name is Eric okay. Manny. He's a great American. My name is Mike Boyle. We're going to take a break for news and come back with another hour of the restaurant show on News Talk 710 KNUS.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.